This morning we're going to begin a new series, a new series that is called Going Deep. And we're going to be in Ephesians today, in Ephesians. And we're going to be going deep, hopefully, over the next few weeks with our own life growing deeper in our spiritual life, growing deeper in, in who we are with Christ and what we are doing in our life, uh, growing deep. And today we're going to be talking about praying for other people. Because I know right now in the midst of all this coronavirus stuff that is going on, there's a lot of people who are stuck at home. There's a lot of people who are not able to to get out and be about like everyone else. And so it has created a sense of, of separation. And we long to be connected with people. All of us do. We all want to be connected with one another. We notice that online and, and even on YouTube or even in the news we can read and see where people are finding ways to still do birthday parties and, and teachers are creating these parades so they can connect with their students even from a distance. And some of my most heartbreaking ones that I see, and I'm sure you would agree, is when you see a father on one side of a glass and a child on the other because he's an essential worker and he can't get near his child and all he can do is look at them through the glass. I cannot imagine the heartbreak of that. I can't imagine what many people are going through right now as they are in different places and they're stuck uh, with, with living in situations where they cannot see their families. And it brings us to a place where we need some encouragement. We need something that's going to bring us some hope in the midst of this. So we come to Ephesians chapter 3 today. And I know you would want to help those who are struggling, those who may be losing heart or getting depressed or, or feeling lonely or hurting. And maybe you're one of those. And maybe you've not let people know because you've been putting on this front to, to say, I'm okay, I'm fine, I don't need anything. But maybe you do need something today. And I'm glad you're here because I believe God's Word's got something for you this morning. So we're in Ephesians chapter 3 today, and we're going to begin reading in verse 13 today. But before we get to that, I need to set up the Scripture so you understand the context. The writer of Ephesians is Paul the Apostle. And Paul is actually in quarantine in his house in Rome. He is, he is under house arrest. He cannot go out of his house. He can't go get groceries. He can't go to the doctor. He cannot go anywhere. He is under house arrest. And on top of that, he is chained to a Roman soldier. He is not simply in his house, but attached to a soldier. And then they would take turns. Another soldier would come in, and they'd chain themselves to, to Paul to watch him like he was a dangerous uh, prisoner. But we need to understand in Ephesians chapter 3, even though Paul is a prisoner of Rome, he declares himself in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 1 as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. He is not pointing to Rome as being a prisoner. He is pointing to Jesus Christ as being a prisoner. His perspective on what he is and where he's at is a little different. He did not see himself under Rome's authority, but under Christ's authority. Now, the grace and power that Paul preached placed him in this difficult circumstance of being in this house under house arrest. But his circumstances did not dictate his heart, did not dictate his perspective or his mind. He made sure he turned his heart and his mind to the one and only Jesus Christ. 
Now, we're going to be picking up in verse 13, and we're going to start here, and we're going to pause, and then we're going to get into the heart of what I believe God has for us today. Verse 13 of chapter 3 of Ephesians begins this way. Therefore, I, meaning Paul, ask you to not lose heart at my tribulation on your behalf for they are for your glory. Now, when we, we read this word, lose heart, the NIV is, is going to say, not be discouraged. This word comes from a Greek word meaning to become discouraged or to lose heart, to really just give up and get to a place where it carries a sense of depression and surrender and you just don't want to go on, that there's sadness, that there's loneliness. And, and there's, it's, it's, it's a state where your heart just... Is said, is said, it's enough. It's enough. I've gone through so much. I can't go another day. This word, lose heart, is only used five times in the New Testament. Paul the Apostle uses it four in his letters that we can read here in the New Testament. He uses it once in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Uh, the word lose heart is actually used there. But the rest of the times it's used in Paul's letters. And Paul's wanting to get across here. Uh, what this really means and what the solution is. And there's some things I want us to talk about when it comes to losing heart. Because many of us can lose heart. Regardless of how super of a Christian that you may be or how uh, new of a Christian you may be, all of us have the potential of losing heart, especially in times like today. And hopefully you can encourage someone, if you have not lost heart, you can encourage someone with this message this week. But what is involved in losing hearts, and here are some earmarks that you may be able to see in your family or in someone close to you or someone that you're talking with. Uh, the, the first thing is physical. Physically, they're going to have their energy depleted and they're going to probably be sick or sickly. They're not going to be feeling good. Those kind of things are going to give us some indication, quite possibly, that they are losing heart. So those, that's an indication we can be looking around physically there is an element of losing heart. There's also an emotional side to losing heart. When it comes to this idea of losing heart emotionally, you begin to feel unloved or you feel alone, you feel helpless, you feel like you're isolated and there's no one there for you. So you lose heart. It, it, it carries with the physical and the emotional. And not only that, but losing heart also carries with the mental. M mentally, you'll begin to, to forget things. And you won't even know what day it is. There's a great song on YouTube, if you want to look it up, by the Holderness family. They actually do this parody about what day is it. Because in this quarantine... There's sometimes we're walking around, what day is it? Does the trash come today or did it come yesterday? Uh, did I have an appointment? Oh, I had my, my appointment yesterday. We're losing track of what days it is for, for many people. But this is where your memory begins to decrease. You start thinking unrealistically. The imagination blows things way out of proportion. Your mind begins to struggle. Your mind is affected by losing heart. So losing heart isn't just something that just affects one thing. It affects physically. It affects you emotionally. It affects you mentally. And losing heart will affect you spiritually. Spiritually, you will be impacted as well. 
the intimacy with God will suffer. Your feeding on God's Word will diminish and you'll try to read the Bible. You'll seem to be getting nothing out of it. You'll, you'll walk around like you're in a desert and it's dusty and it's dry and you don't know what to do. You don't know how to feel. You just, you just spiritually seem to be in a desolate place. And these are all signs of losing heart. And in the midst of difficult circumstances, and just like Paul was in, there was a very good good reason that somebody would lose heart. But Paul, on the other hand, does not lose heart. He gains strength. And he gains heart for people. He gains his heart even greater for God. And he wants to encourage the people in this church because they're getting kind of, kind of, kind of down and out and they're being affected by this idea that Paul has been arrested for proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And he is, he is quarantined in jail. They can't see him. He can't see them. And they are, they are just beginning to lose heart. But Paul is saying, do not lose heart at my tribulation on your behalf. He's saying, I know you want to feel bad for me, but listen, he, he declares in Philippians that all this is turned out for the good, for the entire Praetorian Guard, he said. The entire Praetorian Guard had, had, had come to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when he was looking at what was going on, he saw it from a different perspective. Now, it didn't come natural for many of us. This is something that we have to work on. And we're going to dive into that and get some clarity this morning. Let us be honest, though. Sometimes, sometimes we lose heart because we, we have turned our eyes off of God and, and off of His Word, and we've put it upon us and what people think about us. It, we, we live in the realm of, of me, myself, and I, Gina. We, we live in it's all about Meesville. We worship at First Baptist Church of me, and we shop at Meemart. Uh, for all the discounts. It's all about me, 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 me. But when we do that, we're very easily going to find ourselves losing heart. Because circumstances is going to weigh us down. It's going to, to turn our world upside down. It's going to be like being on a boat on, on, on a real, real wavy ocean or, or a lake. And we're going to be easily to be toppled over and, and, and fall out of the boat. So today I want us to get our feet on firm ground today. The first thing we have to do is remove our eyes from the horizontal and place it on the vertical. And that's what we're going to do this morning. So let's talk about the need here. We obviously know that there's a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual need when it comes to losing heart. And for those that we love, whether they're in another state, whether they're in assisted living, whether they are uh, a teenager or a young adult, they may be our spouse, they may be uh, our, our neighbors or our cousins, it is going to be something that we have to engage in what Paul does in this chapter, in these verses, to help those around us and including ourselves not to lose heart. So let's continue to read here and let's pick up in verse 14. Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Now this is a very important thing I want you to hold on to. We're going to circle around back to this. I want you to picture this. Paul is not just bowing a knee. Notice it says, Paul, he says, I bow my knees, plural, and he is doing that before the, the Father. Capital F means that it is the Father in heaven from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. In other words, he is pointing that everything 
comes from the Father. And He is bowing His knee before the Father on their behalf. That He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. This is where the need starts getting good. Because we can see right here in Scripture, the physical strength comes from the Holy Spirit. Physical strength from the Holy Spirit is what is desperately needed in lives today. I noticed this morning that as I was standing in the kitchen and I looked into the living room, Paul, that there was a commercial that came on. And it said, let us give thanks and celebrate the human spirit. Can I change that a little bit today? I'd like to say, let us give thanks and let us celebrate the Holy Spirit. Spirit. When we focus on the human spirit, we're going to find ourselves having trouble. We're going to find ourselves in a worse shape. We're going to find ourselves losing heart. But let's focus on the Holy Spirit first. Let's have good attitudes because of that. Let's have strength because of Him so that we can go forward. Now see, this is something that's very, very interesting. This physical strength here isn't coming from food that we eat. It is coming from within. The Holy Spirit that dwells within us. The Word of God makes it very clear. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, He lives right here in us. We are the temple of God. So it comes from within. And here's what I love. And Let's just read verse 16, 16 again. That He would grant you according to the riches of His glory. Not according to my worthiness, not according to my background, not according to what I have said or done, but that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory. Measure the strength, Lord, for this person on your glory and your supply, not on what is going on in their life. You strengthen them from the Holy Spirit that dwells within them from the inside and let it come out. That is what Paul is praying here. This is a powerful prayer, ladies and gentlemen. That He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with power. Not just simply that you'll be able to hold your head up. But He's praying a bold prayer today. That you would be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit in the inner man. Today... There are many non-believers who will pray. They will, there's probably a lot of people who have not been in church in a long time who's been praying during this coronavirus. Maybe even today there's been some that's, that's, that started praying because they're looking for something from God. When God has offered them the very thing they need for their strength, and that's the Holy Spirit. So here is Paul praying for these people. But I want to remind you of something. This is very important. Because I don't want anybody to think, well, I have, I have accepted Jesus so I guess if I lose heart, that's a bad thing, and I just don't have enough faith. No, 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 no. Understand, he is praying this for born-again believers. He is praying this for people who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He is praying this for those who have the Holy Spirit in them. What he's just asking is that that Holy Spirit in them would rise up within them, and that it would be allowed that ability to give them strength that they cannot give. See, Paul could not go to them and encourage 
them and pat them on the back or sit down with them or have a conversation. He couldn't sit down at their table and have a meal with them. He had to just write this letter. And can you imagine, uh, Gina, this is beautiful. He was sitting there chained to these Roman soldiers. And guess what these Roman soldiers heard? They heard Paul the Apostle. Paul, he, he was sitting there and he would be crying out to the Father saying, God, would you grant to them according to your riches and glory strength from the Holy Spirit that dwells within them. And these Roman soldiers are hearing these prayers. They're hearing the gospel. They're seeing this man get on his knees and pray for people that are a long way away because he cared for them. Now, let's move on not only from the physical uh, need that we have, but how about the emotional need? Does, Does Paul address this here when it comes to losing heart? Well, let's look at the next verse in verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love. Let me tell you something. Love is a choice, but love is also an emotion. Uh, Emotional strength rooted and grounded in love is a need that we have. Emotional strength rooted and grounded in love is a need that we have. And this love is not a man love. This is a Christ love. Look at this. Let's read it again. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love. Let's talk about this just for a moment. Sometimes we can get caught up in an emotion and a rip current of an emotion that will take us on a journey we never intended to go on. And we'll have feelings and thoughts that we never intended to have. And it begins to cause us to see things that we never intended to see. But our emotional life heaves these currents of despair and we feel like there's just no way out. There's nothing we can do. Even the strongest of Christian may feel powerless when caught in one of these emotional riptides. But we don't always know how to handle these moments. But here Paul is praying for this particular church and for these people that they would know that they that they would be rooted and grounded in love, the love of Jesus Christ. Now listen, let's talk about the roots just for a moment. The word rooted there, I love this idea, roots. We know what roots are, right? Roots are attached to plants, they're attached to trees, and the roots go deep into the ground. What are the roots there for? Why are there even roots? Why do the roots even exist? The roots are there for, number one, nutrition. That root system grabs hold of the water, grabs hold of the nutrients that's in the dirt, and pulls it in and pushes it up to what we can see, to where all the greenery is at, to where the life is at, where you can see the life. So that root reaches down deep. It grabs hold of that which is needed that you can't even see that's really nutritious and good, and it grabs it and it pulls it all the way up to that which you can see. The other thing that roots are good for, it's it's for a foundation. It's to hold on. You know, we're about to have some bad storms tonight, just like we did last week. And some trees will fall because they will fall because the root systems are damaged or dead or there's something wrong with the root system or the root system is very shallow. Sometimes you'll see a very big, large tree and that big, huge tree will fall over and hit a house or fall in a yard. And you'll look at the root system and realize those roots were only just two or three feet deep. They weren't really deep. They just spread out and went wide. This here, when Paul... Paul is talking about being rooted and grounded in love. He's talking about getting that nutrition, getting that support, having that foundation that even in adversity, there is strength. 
I'm reminded of a story a friend of mine told me one time. And it was very interesting because he, he said one day he, he noticed his neighbor uh, had planted a tree in his front yard. And every day, just about, he would be driving by going to work. And he would see this man go out there with his newspaper. And he would just beat the fool out of that tree. He would just smack it left. He'd smack it right. He'd smack it. And he'd smack it. And he just was confused by this guy that just kept hitting this poor little tree that he had just planted. So one day he was just thought he would have a conversation with his, with his neighbor and he began to talk to him and ask him, what in the world are you doing to that poor tree? I see you constantly beating that poor tree to death. In which the man said, he said, by me putting it through adversity now, it will cause its roots to go deeper and stronger so that when the storms do come, this tree will be strong and not fall on my house. See, sometimes these adversities come and they give us the ability to get our roots to go deep. But our roots go deep in Christ's love. That's what Paul is talking about here. This emotional side of our need is the rooted, the botanical application of nutrition and foundation. But look, he also says, grounded in love. This word carries this idea of an architectural application, the foundation. Did, you know what's amazing? You'll never see a foundation smaller than the building it's built upon. There's always going to be a foundation that's just as big as whatever is above it. This building that I'm in right now, the foundation covers the entire building. It is not half the building. It isn't partial of the building. There is a foundation that is going to cover this entire building because if not, we're going to have major problems. So he is talking here about this idea of being grounded, being solid, having a foundation that goes deep and that goes wide, that is thick. It's a, it's a foundation whose not made of, of human hands. It is a foundation made of God. A foundation is something that is solid and it is strong. The roots and the foundation is not based on the immediate emotion that we deal with, but it's based on Christ. Let's read this again, verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love. See, these are two things you can pray right away for people or even for yourself. Now, Let's, let's move on to verse 18. When we do not feel like God loves us, then we must go on faith in what He has said. So let's look at verse 18 right now. Because we've talked about physically, emotionally. How about mentally? Let's jump in. May that uh, grounded in love may be able to comprehend. There's a mind word. You may want to circle that. With all the saints, what is the breadth, the length, and the height, and depth. And to know there's a mind word. The love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, there's another mind word, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. So another need that we have, which is a mental need in the midst of losing heart, is mental strength in the knowledge of Christ's love is a need that we must have. And it's something we can pray about. We can pray for mental strength in the knowledge of Christ's love for people. We can Reach out to that. See, the, the idea of to comprehend is the idea to know, uh, surpassing knowledge. Something that you have no doubts, you are absolutely convinced. You are in a position and in a place that you understand 
that no matter what occurs, it is true. Like for me, I know for a fact that there is this thing called gravity. And, you know, I could take anything in my pocket right now. I've got my phone. And if I throw my phone straight up in the air, I know what's going to happen. It's going to come down. It's because I have this surpassing knowledge and understanding that when, I, when this goes up, <coughs> it's going to come back down because of a thing called gravity. That is this idea of surpassing knowledge, of comprehension, of knowing God's love. Now, what is it that he's talking about here? Let's look at this in, in detail. This, I love this idea. Uh, verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, all the saints, not just one, not just two, not just some of the people, not just the super Christians, but all the saints, all those. What is the breadth, the length, and height, and depth? Let's talk about the cross for a moment. Let's talk about the cross of Jesus Christ when it comes to this love. I want you to think about the breadth, which is width, the length, how long, the height, which is how high, and the depth, which is how deep. God's love is wider than your worst day. His love will last longer than your best day. His love will reach higher than any joy on your greatest day. His love can reach you in the deepest of your days. His love is unmeasurable, incomprehensible, and undescribable. But when we think of the cross, think about the width, how wide the cross has stretched through time. The cross is still just as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago when they took Jesus off of it and put him in a tomb and he rose from the dead. The cross is still relevant today. It has reached through time. The width of his love has transcended centuries and centuries of time. How about the length? The length Jesus took to leave heaven, to come to earth, in order that we may be reconciled and we can be part of the love that He has for us. See, this is talking about so that we can, can as saints, be able to comprehend and grab hold of the, the width and the length. And how about the height? How high was He lifted up for all to see, for all to laugh at, to all to make fun of and to say things that was blasphemous, uh, blasphemous before God? How high was He lifted up? He was lifted up high enough so that you could be with Him for eternity. Yet, while He was lifted up, on that third day, He came out of the grave and He was lifted up into the clouds, into ascensions. Forty days later, Jesus was lifted up. His love transcends the height that we could ever attain to. And what about the depths? The depths of how deep were the wounds that He had for me? How deep is His love that runs for me? Let me read this again. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ. See, this is the idea of the love of Christ. Just how wide, how, how long, how tall, how deep His love is for us. And you know, I'm a math person. And, and my daughter, E.E., e., who's watching, she is too. And she knows a cube. You have height, width, and length. And, and, and Paul, you know, that's how you get the area of a cube. you got a cube, a height, width, and a length. 
This goes beyond that. This is thrown in something even, even better. you got the width, you got the height, you've got the depth, and you've got a length here. And the two are not the same. It is something that is transcendent of what we would even think of in confining God to a box. God puts, puts himself outside of that box and says his love is incredible. The love of Christ surpasses our knowledge and understanding. I hope you got it today. Maybe you've got it, maybe you don't. But, but Louis Armstrong, who was a great jazz trumpeteer, well, he was once asked to explain jazz, and this was his, his answer, and it was a very good classic answer. Uh, Gina, he said, uh, he said, man, if I've got to explain it to you, you ain't got it. And so today, if I've got to explain to you the love of Christ, maybe you just ain't got it, because this is something that goes beyond our mind today and our hearts. But I pray that you do have it, because it is something that is transcendent to our logic. The fourth thing, not only do we have physical, mental, and, and emotional, but we got a spiritual need that has got to be met in losing heart. Spiritual strength from intimacy with God. Spiritual strength from intimacy with God. Spiritual intimacy increases spiritual capacity. Let me say that again. Spiritual intimacy increases spiritual capacity. Let's imagine for a second that I was going to go to the ocean. And I've got some containers right over here to my left that I want to go over here and, and just pick up real quick. With these containers right here, let's say I was going to go to the ocean. And as I went to the ocean, I have here a little medicine cup that we use at home to take cough medicine and other medicines. And if I go to the ocean, I can fill this thing up and it will be filled up fully with the ocean. And I can only get so much of the ocean in this, but it will be filled up fully with the ocean. Now let's say I go and I, I take this cup. I can take this cup and I can dip it into the ocean and I can fill it up with all the ocean it will contain. Now it's going to be more than this little cup, but it's still going to be filled with the ocean. And when I get done, even if I use them both, that ocean has not even been touched with what is left for, as a supply to be gotten. Well, let's just say for the fun of it that I went and got me a five-gallon bucket because this is a lot bigger than a cup, and it's a lot bigger than a medicine cu uh, a cup as well. I take this five-gallon bucket to the ocean, and I, I go out there, and I dip it into the ocean, and I get it filled all the way to the top. Then I ask my son to carry it because I probably wouldn't be able to. But it is filled up with the ocean. Now, this, this bucket is full. It's got all the ocean it can contain. In fact, it can be running over the sides. It's going to be more than, than the cup. It's going to be more than the medicine cup. But there's still going to be plenty of ocean left. What, what about the, the idea of just going and getting a barrel or maybe even a large truck to go and fill that up with the ocean? There's still going to be plenty of ocean left. Let me tell you, today, our spiritual intimacy with God will determine how much of the spiritual capacity we can handle. See, this cup here will have plenty of ocean water in it. It will fill it up completely. But I don't know about you, but I'd much rather be a five-gallon bucket to carry more of God's, God's spiritual authority and His help and His power and strength than I would this cup. But 
if we're not careful, what we, we often do is we try to live with this. We, we live with this type of spiritual capacity, expecting God to give us this type of spiritual power. And we're not going to get this kind of spiritual power if this is all the spiritual capacity we have. Your spiritual capacity comes from your spiritual intimacy with God. If you lose hope, if you lose heart, then it could be. It could be that God's going to fill you up and you may be as big as a tanker. But you know, we, no matter where we are, God has plenty for each of us. John Owen said, we are never nearer Christ than we find ourselves lost in holy amazement of His unspeakable love. How can we explain the fullness of God? Uh, you know, with God, all things are possible. The strength will be unexplainable, the peace will be incomprehensible, and the presence will be unmistakable when you are filled up with the fullness of Christ in your life. Charles Spurgeon said, Let every man know, therefore, whatever his strength may be, of body, mind, or spirit, it is, it is uh, his own, it will fail someday. If it is his own, it will fail someday. What a contrast to divine strength. Charles Spurgeon is basically saying that if you have God's strength and you have His things in, in your life to give you the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, then you're going to be able to make it through any circumstance. You know, rivers run because there is a fountain that, that is not affected by drought. It is a source that's going to send water down that river. But you get to something like a cistern or a reservoir, it can fail during a drought because it'll dry up because it's not, be, it's not getting more poured into it because of a drought. But there is a fountain that runs from the throne of God for each of us, for all of us, that can give us what we need. So let's talk about our position in all of this. We have talked about the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs that we can be praying for for people. Of how this scripture actually addresses all four of those for those that we love. But what is our, our position in all this? Well, here is our position. Prayer is a posture to grow deep and love others. You know, there's a lot of things that we can do uh, and, and, and we need to continue to do and we need to get people groceries. We need to call people and send them cards and love on people. We have to continue to do that. That is what God's called us to do. We need to do more of it. But we have got to be in prayer for people because that posture of prayer is going to help us grow deeper and it's going to help us love others. If we try to do something without prayer, we're going to try to do something without power. Your physical posture does not increase the power of prayer, but it does increase God's authority and His power in your prayer. So today I'm here to tell you that prayer is our posture to grow deep and to love others. And this is a great example, a great biblical prayer to be praying for those that we love. Paul said back in verse 14, I bow my knees before the Father. This is something a Jewish man just was, it was unusual for them to do, was to bow their knees. You know, even today, if you watch people at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, these men will stand. People will stand at the wall. They typically do not bow. Bowing was a, a posture of humblingness, a humbleness that, that comes across to, to, uh, to God. See, I don't know where you may be uh, physically. I don't know what you can do. But here is the idea. If, 
if, if we can humble ourselves before God in some manner, in some way, we can set across, uh, uh, set across some time where we can pray and we can humbly seek God, then God can do great and mighty powerful things. Who heard Paul's prayers? The Roman soldiers heard Paul's prayers, but God heard his prayers. I believe that, that these Roman soldiers were moved by how he prayed for these people. You are never more like Jesus than when you pray for other people. Even Jesus on the cross prayed for those who had crucified him. Jesus, on the night he was to be betrayed, was praying for those who would betray him, for his disciples, and even for you and I. Jesus was a man of prayer. He has set that example. Let us be people of prayer as well. So what must I do? Obviously, I've been talking about praying. So we must commit to pray a biblical prayer. We must commit to pray a biblical prayer. If we do that, when we use God's Word for praying, then we are aligning ourselves to God's will when we pray. If you're going to pray what's in Scripture, you're going to be praying to God exactly what He has said. It's okay to be praying already. So when we look at this, I want, to, I want to break this down one more time because Jim Elliott said, the saint who advances on his knees never retreats. So I want us to, to really cry out for people more and more today because more and more people are getting into a place of darkness that they need us praying for them because only God can help them through this. So, as long as we are praying, retreat is never an option. I want us to just walk through this. As a matter of fact, let me read this scripture in the New Living Translation because this scripture is, is really good. Here it is. I pray that from His glorious and unlimited resources, He will give you mighty strength through His Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in Him. May your roots go down deep into the soul of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love really is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, can you imagine people praying that for you? What about you praying that for other people? See, verse 17 is the key of the whole thing. Look in verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts. We need people to know Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to dwell within them. That is critical for them to, to be able to make it through losing, losing heart and, and being down. Every Christian can experience that, this. But we have a source from Christ. And when Christ dwells in our hearts, it makes a difference. Now, I want to just, as, as I'm closing, talk about this idea of dwell just for a moment. Because dwell means to abide as if I am home. Now, if you come to my house, there is going to be some places that I'm going to feel very welcome for you to come in. There's going to be others, like my building out behind my house. Uh, only families allowed in that building because it's in a condition. I, will, I, I would not want anybody to see what I've done to that building because I'm, a lot of times I'm just too busy. I'm going to let you see the yard or be in the house, but don't go in my building. But when it comes to Jesus, there are no buildings, there are no rooms, there are no closets that He should not be allowed in. Let me ask you this. You may be saying, well, well Pastor, 
Jesus can see anything in my heart. He knows what's in my heart. He can see anything in my house. He already knows it. That's great. Can I ask you this question? Is there something in your life you would be, you'd be ashamed if I found out about it? Is there something in your life that you'd go, whoa, wait a minute. I don't want my pastor to know. Is there something in your life that you would say, well, I don't want everybody in the church to know about this? Be very careful. Because it could be that you're not allowing Christ to dwell in your heart and be home there. So today, as Gina comes, I want us to really take to heart this scripture and I want us to understand that when we pray for people and we use Scripture to pray, it will radically change us. It will bring God's power into our prayers and into other people's lives. So this morning, maybe you want to keep your eyes open as we walk through this, and I pray a prayer right now for you. Father, I come to you right now from whom every, every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Every good gift, everything comes from you. You are the source. I pray right now that God the Father would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with the power through His Spirit in the inner man. And I pray that Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith and that you may be rooted and grounded deep and strong in his love that you may be able to comprehend with all the other saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of God's love to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge and comprehension and that, way, that me, we may be filled up to the fullness and that you may be filled up with the fullness of God. So today, I extend the invitation to you to take these words to pray them for somebody. Over this next week, find someone. There's someone in your life who needs this prayer. You should be praying for them. Pray for them physically to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit from within. Pray for them mentally that they may know the love of Christ. Pray for them emotionally that they may experience the love of God. Pray for them spiritually that they may be intimate and filled up with the fullness of God. This will change lives. And I believe it will change yours. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to be filled up with Christ. You need to be filled up with the Holy Spirit. So today, if God's dealing with you, would you just click on that you raise your hand to accept Jesus today? you let the host know online that you are accepting Christ. That you're asking Him to take over your life, to forgive you of your sins, and to become a follower of Christ. Today's the day. You don't need to wait till tomorrow. Accept Him today so that you, this losing heart, 
to turn your heart to Him. Father, I thank You for this day. I thank You, Lord, for Your Word. Thank You for the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross and the difference that it makes. Lord, take Your Word today and may it penetrate our hearts and may we use Your Scriptures to pray for people this week. Maybe it's just one person we pray for every day. Maybe it's somebody different every day. Maybe it's multiple people. But let us pray for others using your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.